This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today, Pastor will be concluding a sermon in his series on heavenly authority from 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 1. King Solomon has made a treaty with Pharaoh by marrying his daughter. This would set the pattern for Solomon's life and he would marry many foreign women and eventually build worship sites to their false gods. Not only that, but God's plan for Israel was that she would be separate. She would be a unique and different kind of people. She was to be distinct from the pagan nations. She was to depend on the Lord, not on human power. Not by might, nor by your power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Trust not in your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. And this treaty that seems wise from a human point of view is not God's wisdom. And this friendship with Egypt would have devastating consequences for Solomon and for the nation. In chapter 11, you read that Hadad, the Edomite, who is an adversary, an enemy of Solomon, had received a house and land and food from Pharaoh in Egypt and found favor with Pharaoh. More significantly, you read that Jeroboam flees to Egypt and receives protection. That's in chapter 11, verse 40. Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam, his adversary. But Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt to Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. So Shishak gives Jeroboam protection. A few years later, after Solomon's death, Shishak, the pharaoh, the king of Egypt, will come and attack Solomon's son Rehoboam, and he'll plunder the gold from the king's palace and the temple in Jerusalem. That's in chapter 14, 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 25. It happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, that's Solomon's son, that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the gold shields which Solomon had made. Very symbolic, right? Gold shield, protection, the protection of the country. Solomon is making this marriage with Pharaoh's daughter, trying to protect his country. Who comes in and steals the shields? Who comes in and takes away the protection? Egypt itself. You cannot make a treaty with the world and hope that human power will sustain you. This is an important lesson for our people today in this country. It is not the alliance, the politics, the strategies that keep you safe. You can try to make all the treaties in the world with Pharaoh. Rather, it's the strength of the Lord God Almighty that keeps you safe. You never win by making a treaty with Egypt. In the Bible, Egypt many times is a type of the world. It's a type of the world system the way people do things, the way the world goes about things, human strategy, human wisdom, 
human agreements, doing it the world's way, man's way. But remember, God's ways are so much higher as the heaven is above the earth than man's way. Compromise, treaties, alliances with the world, no matter how politically expedient, never, never work in the long term. We have to remember that as Christians. Every day, we're tempted to do things the world's way. If we're in our families, at our jobs, in our schools, things go on the world's way. The world has a certain way of doing things, lying, cheating, manipulating, rubbing elbows, making packs to try to gain, to network some strength. That's not God's way. And the temptation to make a treaty to do it the world's way is always there for Christians. But compromise, treaties with the world, no matter how politically expedient, never work, never work in the long term. Might have worked a few years, right, when Solomon marries Pharaoh's daughter. But by the time of his son, Egypt is coming in and they're stealing the very shields that Solomon had made. In 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, the apostle writes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Don't love the world. The world does things. Don't make treaties the way Solomon, this wise man, makes a treaty like any other king rather than trusting in God. This wise man has the same lusts and he gives in to his lusts and he takes all these wives and concubines the way the kings of the pagan nations do. We are called to be a different type of people, even as Israel was called to be a different type of nation. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. He gives a definition of how the world runs, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. All the things that drive the world. People wanting what they see. People just given over to sexual immorality and people desiring to fulfill their own egos and pride. That's not of the Father. That's of the world. And then the apostle says in verse 17, and the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Eternal values leading on to eternal life. The world's thinking, the world's strategy and wisdom is not to be the believer's thinking or strategy. It is not God's wisdom. And so playing politics, that's what Solomon is doing here. He's playing politics. He's making the alliance with Egypt. Playing politics, doing the expedient is a danger is a trap for any in leadership. And remember, we're studying heavenly authority. The authority, the leadership structure in the church. Any leadership position. Solomon is both a secular leader and a religious leader. Any form of leadership faces that trap of doing that which is politically expedient. 
but how much more should it then be avoided by God's leaders in the church? My friends, there is no room for politics in the church. There is no room for moral compromise with the world. The short, easy, acceptable path, the worldly calculated way that seems so good, so enticing, with the promise of church success, that treaty with Egypt will only lead to devastation and destruction. That is not God's way. There is no place for politics in the church. There is no place for trying to build the church by making alliances or treaties or compromising with the world, by not saying what's right unless you offend somebody, by compromising on who Jesus is unless you offend somebody, by not holding on to this word unless you offend somebody. There's no place for that in the church. The church was never called to be some political, social, have a good time and grow organization. The church was supposed to be a different type of people, called out by God to trust in him, not by human might, not by human power and strategy, but by God's Holy Spirit. There is no place for alliances. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, speaking about the compromise that is so enticing to the church, James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world, that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We have to humble ourselves to God Almighty. We have to resist the temptation of pride, that desire for power. Here Solomon is not only king of Israel, he's son-in-law of Pharaoh. We have to resist the worldly temptations towards pride because we have a jealous God who desires us to be pure and holy to him and friendship to the world makes us an enemy with God. The only way you can help the world, the only way you can really be a friend to the world is not to embrace the world's way, but to embrace the love of Jesus Christ and shine that out to the world that the world changes. And if you think about the culmination of this, Solomon is a powerful king now. But there is another king more powerful than he because Solomon is dead. Solomon is buried. Solomon's body is decayed. It decayed a long time ago. But there is one who was dead and rose again never to decay. And he is king of kings and lord of lords, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, what benefit will it be to us to say, well, Lord, 
I just wanted to make friendship with the world. I didn't do what I knew was right. I didn't do what I knew was holy. I didn't do what I knew you wanted me to do that was good because, well, the world doesn't do that, and I wanted to be liked by the world. You see, my friends, how friendship with the world can make us an enemy with God. We wouldn't think of saying such a thing at the judgment seat. Then why should we think of doing such a thing in this world and the actions we do that will be judged someday by Jesus Christ? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your scriptures, your honest scriptures, Lord, that you show us even how men like Solomon, who you used, who you gave wisdom to, who gave us words of scriptures, how they were weak and they were human and they sinned. And you do not hide their sins, but you tell us their sins straight out in your word that we might learn from their example that we would be your disciples and not stumble, that the same error would not be repeated over and over again, and we would turn and repent and do your will. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You can find more Bible study programs on the Shi'ar Jeshub website at www.shiarjeshub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. You'll also find commentaries written by Pastor Greg. Service times and directions are also on the site. Please join us next time, and may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.